And welcome back to the For Film Sakes podcast. I'm Brian Archija and this is... Christopher Lucky. And what's up? Episode 12. Hell yeah. Episode 12. Episode 12. I think it's a... I say it every episode, but I'm like, I'm still impressed that we're making it hmm? <laughs> to episode 12. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting it now. I'll, okay. I'll, like, we're here and I get that we're here. Yeah. You know? Like, can you believe this is episode 12? Like, what was last week's episode? 11? Uh, yeah, I can believe 12. <laughs> I can believe it's 12. I'm getting to that point. I'm just not used to, like, a strict schedule yeah. at all the times. And it's it's taking some adjusting it's for me. It's super cool. I like it. Um, but I dig it a lot. Hell yeah. All right. So, uh, let's catch up. What have you been up to? I started watching Vinyl. Vinyl, the, uh, right? The Scorsese? Scorsese, yeah. Started watching that. It has um, James Jaeger. What's the name? Um, Mick Jagger. James Jagger. Mick Jagger's uh, son. son. Yeah. He's playing. Is he playing Mick Jagger? Uh, not really. I mean, it's like you don't really know who's playing who. I mean, okay. it's like a, I don't know. It's a throwback rock industry. They're not using real names or real characters. Oh, okay. But it's you know an emulation of it. You know, it's just so. kind of like a like a parody of the not a parody. Not a par- like, yeah. Kind of like a re- retelling of the old rock and roll era. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. W- without wanting to put actual names and actual faces to the events. Yeah, uh, legality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, the that's guy, on HBO, right? HBO. Okay. And as uh, Ray Romano was in it. Really? He, yeah, he does a really good job in it. Um, who else? Olivia Wilde. Olivia, I love Olivia Wilde. Oh, love She's so awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some oh, yeah. of that. Uh, what was the What was the fucking old guy in there? <laughs> What the, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, the Billy Bob Thornton sling yeah. blade? Mm-hmm. Give me some of that Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, she she's in it. Um, Bobby, I can't ever pronounce his last name. Bobby Cannaval, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know who he is. He was in uh, Boardwalk Empire with Steve Buscemi. Okay. He was in Nurse Jackie. Right, yeah. Nurse Jackie is a pretty good show. Actually, I love that. I've watched a couple episodes and I was into it. Eddie Falco. She yeah, it was like a it was like a really less abrasive Doctor House for me. They're very similar. Yeah, you know, yeah. both uh, lead characters have a drug addiction problem. Uh, right, she's oxycodone, drugs. right? Yep, prescription pills. Yeah, House is Vicodin. Yeah. By the way, House is totally one of those medical shows that I watched like fucking seven seasons for. Yeah. I watched a lot of seasons for fucking Dr. House. Man, me too. It's like I'll watch like every single episode and then go around and act like I know what sarcoidosis is. You know? <laughs> I know what autoimmune diseases are. You know? I know about it all now. We uh, we just know that it's not lupus. <laughs> nope, it's not lupus. It's never fucking lupus. Every episode. <laughs> I think every it's lupus. Episode. It's not lupus. It's not fucking lupus. <laughs> oh, man. <Yeah>. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember when Dr. House and Grace Anatomy were on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And people try to compare Grace Anatomy to Doctor House. Yeah. And I was like, dude, Grace Anatomy is like who's fucking who? And Doctor yeah. House is like, who can I fuck up to fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. Doctor House. I fucking miss you, Laurie. Yes. He did you know that he's a musician too? I do. Yeah. His albums are fucking awesome. I haven't heard anything from He does though. uh he does blues covers for the most part. Wow. Of like famous blues song from the sixties and seventies and so forth. Yeah. And they're amazing. They're really fucking fucking good. I can see that. He has, a, uh, he has a new show coming out on AMC. Uh, it's not going to be into pr- the premieres. It's just a, a mini-series, six episodes. Mm-hmm. But um, it's coming out this week. But he's still working. So I've heard, uh, yeah, I heard about it. And I, I used to remember when he was in with Stephen Fry. And that uh, he, and, he and... Was it Fry and Laurie? Fry and Laurie. I didn't see that. It, it, was, an, it was an English television show. Okay. Uh, aired in England back when he started. He started out as a comedian. Oh, nice. And then, funny, he auditioned for Dr. House. Mm-hmm. And they said... Uh, we want there. There was a lot of English actors auditioning for Doctor House, and he walked in and he said, "Okay, we want the American." And they hired him, not realizing that he was English. Oh, nice! Yeah, 
That's how good he fucking is. I, I mean, he's a good actor. That guy. He's a great he's actor. So great. I like his stuff a lot. Has he done uh, movies? Mm, I've seen him in one movie, and I couldn't even tell you the name of it. I think it was uh, Tomorrowland with George Clooney. I don't know if I've seen that or not. Neither have yeah. I. It mm. looked like a pretty pretty bad movie, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah, bad, <laughs> I'm good. Bad movies are, are pervasive now in the next couple of months. We're yeah. going to get a couple of months of like really shit movies. Yep. Until we get to the really good ones. Yeah. The trailer for Doctor Strange just came out. That was nice. Did you see that? Yeah. It was surprisingly good trailer. I like that. They didn't reveal anything at all. Nope. Just like, well, I want to see Cumberbatch in this. It's, yeah. I'm really excited for that movie now. Yeah. What's the, uh, I seen another trailer, um, Keanu. Keanu? <laughs> with, <laughs> yeah, with the um, the guys, what, what are the guys? Kim Peele. Yeah, with Kim Peele. So, I mean, it's, it's so straightforward. They're just going to save a cat. They're just going to <laughs> save know? a fucking cat. Yeah. I saw that trailer when it came out about three months ago, the mm. original trailer that they released. And yeah. I was like, I am so into this. I yep. have no idea. I'm sold. It's I am all the like, way in. I think Kim Peele understand comedy. They do. I think they absolutely get what comedy is about. Yep. Fucking love them. Yeah, Their man. sketch show is probably one of the best um, sketch shows that I've seen in recent time. Yeah. Mostly because they, they, I mean, they lended themselves so well for the YouTube format mm-hmm. uh, that they just translated everything so well. The jokes never got stale. Like SNL, I like SNL, mm-hmm. um, but the jokes never hit home for me. It's it's um it's hit and miss for me, yeah. Like the yeah. sketches on SNL, there might be one or two a night every Saturday that, that I like. But what, what you were saying with Key and Peele, they came from Matt TV. You right. Know, you know, so, I mean, they were able to take that television format and then cross that over with this new social media format. So every single sketch... And I mean, I guess Dave Chappelle would have liked to have been, you know, making uh, television shows at this time period. Yeah. I mean, every single sketch that Dave Chappelle made, imagine if it was instantly on YouTube, be, instantly on everything. It would have been like even more success than yeah. the Chappelle show had. Yeah. And he wouldn't have had to deal with the bullshit that he had to deal with in the in the studio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle is another one of those comedians. Like his show, his sketch shows are fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The white supremacist that's a blind black guy. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking genius. Yeah. And the Charlie Murphy telling the stories every so often. Mm-hmm. He had three episodes <laughs> of just epicness. Hey, Charlie Murphy. There you go. I'm Rick James, bitch. Are you, are you cooking downstairs? Yeah, I am. I was say something smells amazing right oh, now. Oh, thank you. Hell yeah, yeah, no, I'm making beef too. Hell and it's yeah. it's fucking delicious. I've learned. Mm. I've made it five times, but I fucked it up three. Oh well, damn! Yeah, now I got it. Well, six times the charm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Six <laughs> times know? the charm. You fucking f- love that shit. Um, other thing that's happening. I guess we've we've been talking about this for a while, but now something has changed a little with uh, North Carolina laws. Right. All right. So um, you've seen the things that happened before. Uh, who who pulled out the uh, the All Star game we were supposed to have in 2017? Yep. And now they're reconsidering and possibly taking it from Charlotte. But the thing is, the people that are voting uh, for these discriminatory laws, these are the same. These people don't care about the NBA All-Star game. Like, that's not the same demographic. But you know what is? Bruce Springsteen. Right. Bruce Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen. when he decided, when he said that he wasn't coming to uh, to Raleigh to perform, that's the demographic that you're hitting. He jumped out of that ship. Hell yeah. You know? Here's here's the interesting thing about uh, the backlash that happens after Springsteen left. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the NBA loss from people like, ah, fuck him. Yeah. And then we had Springsteen announce that he wasn't going to leave. Mm-hmm. And then we had a couple of other musicians and performers that are like, we're still going to perform, but all the money's coming out to the LGBT. All the profit's going to be going to the LGBT organizations. Yep. Joe McHale did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is really commendable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that they're doing it. Oh, yeah. Um, but now there was another article released a couple of days ago where Governor McCroy mm-hmm. um, is still keeping the bathroom uh ban mm-hmm. the transgender bathroom thing okay it's still gonna be in effect but now he's gonna amend the bill mm-hmm. amend in air quotes by mm-hmm. the way 
um, amend the bill so that uh, discrimination isn't as easy as it is with the current uh, wording of the bill, right? Yeah. Which tells me one or two things. One, uh, he saw that he lost a shitload of money. Yeah. He's trying, he's trying to win back a lot of those uh, performers and companies that left. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, here's the thing. Like, the entertainment industry is a dickload of money. Yes. Right? I mean, people throw $250,000 million for a movie nowadays mm -hmm. for, like, a really big budget. And this fucking idiot sent them to South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and so now he's, like, trying to show face and say, like, all right, I'll do the less discriminatory thing. And I'll make it uh, not as easy for employers to discriminate based on sexual orientation. Yeah. But that's not the point of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. McCroy, McCor McCrory. Whatever the fuck Can't even say is. your fucking name. Yeah. Uh, that's not the fucking point. The point is that you already instituted this law. Mm -hmm. And because you instituted this bullshit fucking law, mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to be without jobs in North Carolina. And he didn't care. I mean, the thing is, he can put a discriminatory law out there when the people of North Carolina agree with him. And a good part of North Carolina did agree with the law, yeah. so it was voted in there. And that just shows, you know, the type of people we have here in North Carolina still, <laughs> you know. But the thing is, it's like nowhere. He's not losing votes. He's not losing votes by no, thinking this way. But now he's losing money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But so, when you lose money, you lose votes. Yes. You know, and so now he's he's backtracking mm -hmm. and hoping to fix the fuck up that he did. Yeah. But I don't want him to fix the fuck up. I want him to get rid of the fuck up. Acknowledge it and yeah. get rid of it. Yes. He, he was an idiot and he fucked things up for people like you and me that are mm -hmm. working in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Uh, people uh, that are working so hard to get events over in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Because if you increase tourism in a city, if you increase the amount of things that happen in a city, yeah. the fucking economy grows. <laughs> Lion, Lion Gate Films, they canceled plans to shoot in Charlotte. A&E Studios promised not to consider North Carolina for any new productions. Until, and most of these uh, are conditional until the law is repealed. Exactly. Yeah. Which is good, mm -hmm. because that means that we have the possibility of winning them back yeah. if later this year the bill gets repealed. Yeah. Right? But the damage is fucking done. I mean, it's done, but my what's what's hurting me so much is that our state, the state that we live in, has to be bullied into doing the right thing. Right. You know, it's like, oh, well, you're forcing my hand. I guess I'll be a nice person. You're still not a good person. No. You're just being forced to do this. It's just it's, I, it's I, I, This is the classic case of the saying when there's not sorry that he fucked up. He's sorry that he got caught yeah. fucking up. Yeah. This is what it feels like. And it's not okay. It's really mm -hmm. not okay. Mm -mm. And you've seen the, the ex-hamster thing? I'm like, that's part of the demographic. That's hitting everybody. <laughs> the funny thing is that the Governor McCrory thing, mm -hmm. appealing the bill, came out, the news, mm -hmm. came out five hours after, after the ex-hamster news came mm -hmm. out. And so all I'm thinking is, like, he went home, and he tried to jack off, yes. and he couldn't jack off. Mm -hmm. And so he said, fuck, I got to fix this bill. I mean, if he, <laughs> if he even got to that point. I mean, if, if I know the mayor, yeah. and I go home, and I go to try to jack off, and it's not happening, I'm calling this motherfucker <laughs> immediately. Like, his phone was probably blowing up off the hook. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he had his entrance going like, dude, our porn site is down. What the fuck? I mean, what do you think we use the internet for? Like, 95% of the internet it's is porn. dedicated to porn. You know? The internet is for porn. <laughs> it's <laughs> it one of my favorite fucking songs. It definitely is. Um, but yeah, Governor McCrory, whatever the fuck your name is, you twat. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't mean to get you know angry at it, but I have to get angry at it because I mean it's bullshit. It, it really is. is bullshit. It is. And uh, because of you, people like me and Chris now have to make a hundred phone calls a fucking week to get talk to the fucking mayor. Yeah. So we can go and fix your bullshit. So that we can get our jobs back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's the, the big thing. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to be in debt. You know, we're, we're students right now. Yeah. We're, we're college students. So we're going to come out of college in debt for our student loans. The jobs that we're looking for are being pulled away from the state that we live in. Yeah. You know, so how are we supposed to pay this debt back? 
<laughs> you it's know? insane. Granted, uh, most of the work went to neighboring states, it Atlanta is. and South Carolina, yep. which is not, I mean, in terms of film world, it's not a huge inconvenience because mm -hmm. you usually work out of town anyway. Mm -hmm. But the fact that that money could have come to our state yes. and could have helped fix our economy and mm -hmm. helped us yeah. is now going to South Carolina, which admittedly doesn't really need it in terms of film, mm. and Atlanta, which doesn't need it in terms of film. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you could have, I mean, North Carolina used to be like a film producing state. We were, we were a film state. We were. Number three. Yeah. And uh, now we're not. No. And it sucks. Um, because I, I really, really like this place. I like the people that I've met here. Yeah. And I'd hate to have to move. To like a fucking another side of the coast, yeah. Uh, just to be able to to, to get, make a living, because you passed a fucking bullshit law. I know it. I know it. <sighs> anyway, uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, changing pace a little bit, I guess. Um, the other thing that I did, um, at the end of the week last week, my aunt called me up and she wanted me to help her out. There was doing a um, like a volunteer. She wanted me to volunteer because they were doing a fundraiser for uh, battered women. Okay. You know. And I guess they had a, a whole battered women's shelter. And, um, is battered woman the name of the organization? Or I don't know if that's the name. Like... But it was just women that were okay. battered. But I don't know if okay. the name of the or organization. You know, But um, she asked me to do this. Uh, she calls me during a weekday. And it said it's going to be on Saturday. I'm like, all right. Okay. you know. So um, I plan everything out. You know, My whole Saturday is going to be dedicated to basically uh, hand, putting, putting food out, bringing the food back, washing dishes, you yeah. know, setting up tables, stuff like that. So I get there around 12.30, and there's two other guys that um, they go to the church that I grew up in. You know, I haven't been to church in a while, but I still want to help out, you know. Yeah. And especially with this event, she said that all of the uh, the proceeds were going directly back into uh, women's shelters and uh, support battered women. Which is a great thing. I can, yes. I, we can totally put aside religious differences for that kind of condition. Yes, yeah. You know, it's all the money directly going back into that, you know. Yeah. So um, I got there. I got there around 12.30, and there's uh, two other guys, like I said, and, um, we're, and we're getting everything set up. So the way that this uh, event worked, uh, there was a table of eight, and one person they would buy the table. Table is about one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars, mm -hmm. you know. And then the re the remaining seven, eight people at the table were the battered women and women that needed help, yeah. you know. So um, everyone got sat down at their tables, about ten or twelve tables, and were serving the food, you know. So after about an hour of serving this food, going back and forth, one of the guys he um, he comes up to me was like, you know what well, these these women are like pretty picky, aren't they? You know, like these women are like what and everything is like. Is there is there any more hot sauce in the back? Can I get some more barbecue sauce? Will you bring me some more cornbread? Can you take this right here? Can you get the greens? Can you get this? He was like, they are very picky. You know, the, the the women that didn't pay anything for it. You know, these these women are super picky. And I'm like, well, if it makes you feel any better, when they go home, they're just gonna get their ass whooped. Oh, you know, because <laughs> I mean, damn, it's just it's fucked up. You you know, it's like, look at the, the women that you were, look, look at what you're saying here. It's yeah. like these women that that are in the battered woman's shelter, you know, for a reason. And then you're nitpicking about, oh, yeah. can I do this? Can you do this? The reason that we're here in the first place is to do this, you know, is to, you know, go back and forth for them. Yeah, you know? yeah, because they don't get that experience exactly. in any other places because they're usually so so stuck behind an abusive relationship. Exactly, or anything the exactly. Which is, a, I would totally, uh, and it's a matter of fact that, those people are going to be picky in a situation when they can be picky for the first time. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, just think, think about what that, and I mean, it's, I'm saying it in a joking manner that, you know, the, her getting her ass whooped, but yeah. really think about that shit. It, it, she, it legitimately happened. It literally happened. Those women are literally here because of that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, if, I'll, <laughs> I'll, fucking, 
I'll fucking bring him a Tuttle Lobster if it makes him feel better. I don't you know, care. exactly. I mean, you want to feel better for this one to two hours. That was my, my whole day was just dedicated to making these women feel better for three to four hours, mm-hmm. you know. And then when I go home, I go home, they go home, they go home. But it's just dedicate that time, just some yeah. time, you know. It, it, it's, all, it's, all, it's about being a person, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes you got to, like, you got to stop being a person mm-hmm. so that other people can be persons. People that don't experience yes. the ability to be a normal person. Yeah. So they can experience that you got to suck it up and be like, all right, well, she's going to shit on me today. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a nice trade. Trade off, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing uh, that I want to mention for a slight change of tone, mm-hmm. uh, we watched Living in Oblivion. Oh, yeah, that's the shit. <laughs> on class the other that day. That movie's great. Uh, if, uh, it's with uh, Steve Buscemi. I don't know who directed it. I forgot. Was it Buscemi? Yeah, Steve, no, Steve Buscemi was starred in it, but I can't think of the director's name. Though. Can't think of the director either. But uh, Living in a Building with Steve Buscemi is mm. such a hilarious movie. Mm. And even like it makes sense if you're kind of into movies and you sort of understand a little bit of the production aspect. Yeah. You can be pretty noob in movies and understand the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the way that that movie was presented, I mean, it was, it was a beautiful movie. It was nice. And I thought I'd give it some, some props. Yeah, uh, they did really well going from uh, black and white to color when you're showing reality and showing what's actually being filmed. Yeah. I mean, dream, but But they do nice. it in such a way that it's not a pattern. Cause it's not. Because in, in the, in the first one, two, couple, and three. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, they reverse it a bit, and by act three, you're like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't matter because the movie's not about the sequence. The movie's about what's happening in those acts independently yeah. of each other, yeah. which I thought was super interesting in the way it was formatted. And oh, just, yeah. the, I mean, the actors were fantastic. Yes. Uh, we had a Brad Pitt parody in there. That was, was fucking nice. Great. That was funny. Uh, go watch the movie. It's fucking yeah. fantastic. Living in Oblivion. Go see that. It's on Amazon. It's it on is Amazon on Amazon. Prime. Yeah, you can rent it. Yep. Uh, is there anything else? A last, last thing, just because I have a personal beef. <laughs> I have a personal beef. <laughs> I get so excited when I hear personal beef. All what right. Happened? I wore, and as you know, I wore a Johnny the Human Torch t-shirt. <laughs> Johnny the Human Torch from Fantastic Four. From Fantastic Four. Now, if, if you've listened to any episodes that we've recorded before, you know how much of an <laughs> avid fan of Fantastic Four I am. Yeah, you are. You know? You're pretty fucking... You're I'm all the way into it. All right? So I put this shirt on, and we're on the, we're on the ride to this, um, to this party thing, and then I'm like, you know what? You see the Fantastic Four? I'm feeling myself. This shirt is nice. This shirt is the shit. <laughs> you know? We get up you and- even said, if I remember correctly, you even mm-hmm. said... What would uh, Johnny Blaze do mm-hmm. if he were wearing the shirt? Oh, John- cut- <laughs> no, it was from Mac, Mac and Philly. What mm-hmm. would Mac from Philly do yeah. wearing the shirt? He'd fucking cut the sleeves off and wear this motherfucker to a party. Exactly. So that's what <laughs> I did. I cut the sleeves off. I went full douche mode, had Johnny the Human Torch <laughs> blazed on the shirt. And you know what happens as soon as I get in there? Who the fuck still likes a Fantastic Four? Who the who the who 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 even likes Johnny the Human Torch? All the movies suck. Why are you wearing that? What the what what? (laughs) What world? What world? It was immediate. It was an immediate reaction. Immediate, and you know, so so I'm like, how how was it that you don't like the Fantastic Four? And she says because all of the movies suck. Yeah, but. It ain't about the movies. It's not it? about the movies. It's about the characters. Yeah, the characters are good. Uh, I've always, I've always liked all the characters except mm-hmm. really for for the thing. Okay. I never liked the thing, mm-hmm. and the reason why it's not anything personal with the thing. Mm-hmm. I just can't conceptualize him as a in, character in reality. You yeah, mean? I just can't conceptualize him. He's okay. he's weird to me. Yeah, he is. He shouldn't exist to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, he's just like a rock. I mean, he doesn't even have a real just name. It's just a thing. Just think. It was a thing. Yeah. And like, I get that he's like, like Richard Reed's best friend or whatever the fuck he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, dude, you're rock. You just rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I can take a, like a fucking like a pickaxe and just like slowly ship at you if I knock you unconscious long enough. I mean, yeah. If anything, I mean, I guess he should have got like the juggernaut treatment and at least get like some nice helmet and some yeah. armor. <laughs> you know, something. It, it would help him. Yeah. It would help him. It would. But I, I don't know. Fucking Fantastic Four. I mean, I love it, but the movies have done such a disservice. The movies the, the movie suck. The movies suck, you know. But that doesn't shouldn't discourage me or anyone else nah. from liking the Fantastic Four. You fucking like those. Uh, Who's is your favorite character, Johnny Torch? Yes, Sweet. of of any animated character in the history of life. Johnny Torch. Yes, Johnny Human Torch, Johnny Storm. That is my guy. I can dig it. Love it. I've always liked Sue. And oh yes, Sue's nice. Yeah, just because so, uh, <laughs> I've always liked the, the the ability of punching someone in the face without touching them. Hell yeah, it's good. It's so yeah. dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was super cool. She was cool. Uh, anyway, right. yeah, we ran uh, long. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take uh, the little music break that we do, and then we're gonna mm-hmm. come back and talk about uh, Rocky. Oh yeah, we ruined those waveforms. Oh yeah. All right, we'll be back. Sorry, guys. Hey, yo, Adrian. Hey, yo. It's me, Rock. <laughs> it's me, a- Adrian. Yo, hey, yo. You gotta take a shot. <laughs> you already gotta take a shot. That's why you never, you never took your shot. You gotta take a shot. Want me to take a shot? Fine, I'll fucking take a shot. <laughs> I'll lo- that was a really good movie. Uh, like we're gonna talk about Rocky today. Oh, uh, yeah. Ah, shit. Where's my thing? Okay. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Rocky today. And yeah surprisingly amazing movie yeah. it really was it's it's obviously we're talking about the 1976 version like the original mm-hmm. fucking the original rocky. rocky there's like seven fucking sequels now there is now yeah um but rocky i mean just the character rocky mm-hmm. is one of my favorite characters that i've seen recently i didn't take the movie seriously mm-hmm. until now because i just felt like ah it's another fucking sports movie i know rocky he's a boxer he punches shit mm-hmm. And then I actually watched the movie, and it was like a really heartwarming fucking story. And it changed my perception of this movie 180 degrees. I seen it in like 91, 92, and I was a kid, you yeah. know, eight or nine or something. And I, I was watching it with my dad, and I was trying to get him to help me follow the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, who am I rooting for? You know, he was like, uh, am I rooting for Apollo Creed, like the black guy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Because like at the time, you know, it was just me and everybody I knew around me. If you said you were going to go see a movie, they would yeah. say, oh, who's in it? And then if you name people and you didn't name a black person, then they were no longer interested in the movie. Yeah, they wouldn't you know? care. Exactly. Black, what the fuck is that? You know? <laughs> so um, so I'm like, am I rooting for Apollo? I was like, no, you know, this, this movie's about Rocky. You're rooting for Rocky. Rocky you know? Rocky. So I'm like, all right. You know, so I'm watching the movie with my dad and seeing Rocky go through all this and running up the stairs and, you know. Get- Which to this day, running up the stairs is for me the most amazing culmination of a training montage ever. Yes. Like, I, yep. there's really no other... A movie that has captured the feeling of triumph that climbing up those fucking stairs meant for Rocky. Rocky three came close. Really? They um they were doing like a they were they were on the beach similar to um to like Top Gun when they were playing volleyball. <laughs> so they were like skimp skipping through sand and eventually like they come together in like a big man embrace while they're sweating with their shirts off. <laughs> you gotta see it. I'm gonna pull it up in between the break. <laughs> it's, so bad. it's fucking great. Yeah. 
I, I love I love when movies sort of take the underdog. And we've talked about this because we've got a project. Mm. The reason we're talking about Rocky now is because we've got a class project. Mm. We have to take Rocky's uh, production mm. and make it as if we were shooting it. So we learn how to budget and schedule. Yep. So we've been looking at Rocky over the last two weeks like pretty closely. I've been yep. reading the script uh, on my free time. The script's fucking good. Yes, it like, is. Like even written. Sylvester Stallone, I didn't think he would write that well. I'm questionable about this. It's like, I mean, I don't know why if I, I, I don't have, I have no reason to be questionable about it either. Like I, online, I've seen nothing saying Sylvester Stallone didn't write this movie. Yeah, yeah. I see nothing discrediting him. But to his credit, the reason why we can sort of associate Sylvester Stallone writing this movie mm. is because the way he played Rocky felt so natural oh, yeah. to us that we think he's Rocky. Oh. And we sort of see Rocky sort of mm. writing this movie and we're like, yeah. oh fuck, Rocky can write a fucking movie. Yeah. And and I think that's the dissonance that happens because I, that's it, it feels point. weird for me to see Sylvester Stallone not be Rocky because that's how I associate him. Yeah. Even when he's in the Expendables, he's in got, anything. Yeah. When, I, when I see, I I just even in Rambo in in real life, every time I just say, oh yeah, <laughs> yo Adrian, it's yeah. me, Rock. You know, he it's talks just, the same way all the time. So I mean, I, maybe he has a lot going on upstairs. Oh yeah, no, he's you know? he's a really smart guy. Apparently, and I've heard and I've heard things about actors saying that he's one of the sweetest people to work with, and mm. he's like really cool and yeah. shit. But he played fucking Rocky so well that I just can't not think of him as Rocky. Yeah. Oh, the um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but um, I, I seen I seen that movie uh, ninety one ninety two or whatever. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm watching the movie with my dad, and uh, so he's like, "No, you're rooting for Rocky." You know, so I'm watching this whole movie rooting for him, and then at the end, Rocky loses, and right. I'm like, "What is what? <laughs> what kind of jip is this?" You know. <laughs> so then when we were in class, and then you was like, uh, "I explained Rocky." I'm like, "Yeah, he trains and he fights and he loses in the story." <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because like that's all I got from it. It is a nine year old. Cool. You know? Yeah, you were nine. Yeah. What, you know. Where are you gonna get out of Rocky? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but watching it now, like over the past two weeks. It's not in my top ten, but I will watch this movie over and over and oh, over. No, again. I've watched it, I think, two times now. No, mm-hmm. one and a half. I watched I watched it one time, and then I watched it half of uh, halfway through. Yeah. And this movie is genuinely like deep. Yeah, like it it's is. not it it's is. not a superficial story at all. And nope. and I, the reason, first of all, you're dealing with with issues of identity, and I love when a movie does that. When a movie can deal with issues of identity. Uh, as well as Rocky does, mm-hmm. uh, that's a great fucking movie because it becomes immediately relatable. Yeah. Because we all go through that self period that, and we've all been stuck ourselves, and we've all called each other bumps. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we realize that we're really not a bum, mm-hmm. and we try to play it tough when we feel shitty. Yeah. And uh, and Rocky was the epitome of that. Rocky was the sort of the meathead that wouldn't let himself think that he was a bum fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see that you can tell by the way that he walks around the movie going like, yeah, they're good. You should have seen me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's always, he mentions that at least what, eight times yeah, in the first 20 lot. minutes of the he movie. Says it a lot. So he's like, he's constantly trying to reassure himself that he did good in a fight. Yeah. Despite the fact that he wasn't actually doing that good. He, he won because he got angry. He has a, um, a fear of failure. Yeah. You know, he, 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 um, he never wanted to really take his shot and fail. Um, when they're when they have the the ice skating rig scene, when uh, him and uh, Adrian they're skating around, mm-hmm. and then he's explaining that he's a southpaw, and the reason that he never got a shot and that he never became as big as he should have is because he fights uh, with his left hand. Yeah, which know? is just a rationalization for not taking the big shot. Exactly, you know. And then he begins to project that onto other people. The scene that we had in the bar yeah. when um, he's the, the guy, the bartender is um, calling Apollo Creed a clown. Mm-hmm. You know, so you calling that man a, cr- a cr- clown? He uh, he went and took his shot. What what shot you ever take? You know, right? But he doesn't realize that he's never taken the shot, shot either. Himself. Exactly, he's projecting on to everyone else around him, which know? is why, which I think is why he works as a character as well mm. as he does. He he's a very 
real persona that we've yes. all encountered. And yeah. that Rocky persona has always been inside us at some point. Oh, yeah. Even as like, if you're a filmmaker, a musician, a writer, mm-hmm. uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote the movie because he felt frustrated mm-hmm. with not being a successful actor. Yeah. And he, ne- he knew that, uh, he said that he knew that he needed to make the character himself if he was ever going to be successful on it. Yeah. And he refused to sell the script otherwise if he wasn't going to act in it. Yeah. Uh, so I think the, the place where the movie came from and the actual character in the movie were so close to Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. that you really can't get any more real when it comes to that feeling of identity yeah. and self-doubt yeah. than you already are. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, this is Sylvester projecting his feelings on Rocky, mm-hmm. who's projecting his feelings on boxing. Mm-hmm. But if you take out Rocky, it's just Sylvester Stallone projecting his feelings about insecurities. Yeah. On, on the real world. Oh, yes. And, and and that's part of the reason why I love this movie so much. Mm. I, I mean, there's very little fighting in the movie. It, yes, it's like it's not it's not a fighting movie. It's not Jean-Claude Van Damme or Jackie. It's not Bloodsport. No. I mean, it's, it is not where the winner wins because he deserves it. He tries his best and he deserves to win, so he wins. It's not that, you know. I mean, it's a movie about a fighter exactly. instead of being a fighter movie. Yep. You know. And uh, one of my favorite scenes, first of all, I want to talk about the way this movie shot. Mm-hmm. Now the movie shot this movie shot really, really simply, really. There's nothing complicated about it. No. I think the most complicated thing was the the sort of the moving shots. Uh when Rocky was jogging and the fighting scene mm-hmm. uh at the end, those shots were the most complicated ones. Mm. And they were all achieved doing Steadicam. Uh it was mm. they it was the third movie that I used Steadicam. Okay. Uh so they were all they were all achieved doing that. And those are the most complicated shots, really. Yeah. But every other shot seems either pretty static or, if not static, pretty simply handheld. Very simple. And what you get because of that is a very sort of approachable, natural movie. So mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're watching a movie. You just feel, feel like, like you're, you're kind of chasing. Yeah, you just feel like you're kind of chasing Rocky around. You're hanging out with Rocky. Yeah. Because uh, you see him in his daily life. You see him going through his daily routine routine Mm -hmm. and you see him dealing with sort of his daily disappointments and his daily struggles and there's nothing mystical there's nothing complicated about it Mm. it's very intimate and very simple i mean they they show you that at the very beginning he just finished a fight at going back and forth getting slugged he goes back into the locker room and he's making barely any money at all and they're subtracting money uh five dollars for the shower two dollars for the towel to dry off you know just subtracting everything out of the money and then he goes home with basically nothing again yeah he comes home and and his place himself, like even his house, is a testament to how simple this character is. Mm. He doesn't. He just has a couch, a bed, and beer. Yeah. Really, really, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And two turtles and a betta fish. Yeah. <laughs> which, are, which are a great little sort of characteristic traits. Because mm-hmm. I mean, he's a gentle giant, really. Yeah. yeah. That sort of forced to fight because he thought that he wasn't smart enough to do anything else. I mean, yeah. He was like, "Why? Why do I fight? Because I can't sing or dance." Yeah. You know exactly. what else is he gonna do? He thinks. And then he interesting thing when he meets adrian which is kind of like for me the tonal shift of the movie mm-hmm. um because it's when rocky can admit to himself that he is in fact scared when he has this connection with adrian yeah uh but i thought adrian didn't like him at first mm. not that she was shy yeah i thought she just straight up didn't like him okay and uh, and then every time that rocky would pop into the store she would just disdain the fact that she was there and he was being kind of creepy about it. Yeah. Uh, and then after I sort of read, I read the script, I realized, ah, oh, shit, she's just shy. Yeah. She didn't, she never hated him. The, uh, one of my favorite scenes there is, um, her brother, Adrian's brother. He's like, uh, so you, you, you like my sister? You know, why, why, why do you like my sister? He's like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I we feel gaps. Yeah. We feel I got gaps. gaps she got gaps. You know, we feel <laughs> each other's gaps. I don't know. <laughs> Which is a really profound statement. Yes. This guy is a really stupid, sent like, thing to say mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's 
that's what Rocky is really. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a deep, profound sentiment that you can get away with describing in a really stupid sentence. Yeah. I mean, it's, he broke it down they, when they were uh, skating. You know, uh, he's like, well, I can't sing or dance, so I always have to box. You know, uh, so I had to make something out of my body. And then she says, you know, my mom told me the opposite. You know, she's like, uh, well, you, you don't have a body, so you better make something out of your mind. Exactly. You know, so you got Rocky, who's not the thinker, you know, but he's a hell of a – he has brawn. You know, he can box yeah. your ass up. You know, and then Adrian, who – I thought it was a little hot, kind of. You know, it's like they yeah, had. To, I, I loved Adrian. I mean, she yeah. was she was really pretty. They uh, Susan Sarandon auditioned for the part, and they turned her down because they thought she might have been too attractive. Yep, you know, I read about that. Yeah, uh, and then there was another lady that couldn't make it, another prettier lady that oh, wow. couldn't make it because uh, of contractual issues. Oh damn! And I, but I feel like the casting for uh, for Adrian was was perfect. I, oh, I yeah. think Thrisha was her name. Trisha? I couldn't think of her name. Yeah, uh, but I mean, she did a perfect job in that movie. It's Adrian. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like the connection. Between what was the sort of the shy character girl mm-hmm. versus the, the the socially inept aggressiveness of Rocky, yeah, uh, worked worked really 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 well. The um the moment where her personality came out to me, the um all right she she brought him the dog, right? <laughs> you know when she when she finally brought him that dog. Oh, and quick note that was his dog in real life. Yep, that was a uh, Buckus. Yeah, that was actual was dog. dog. You know, so um, can you tell that we have to fucking study the movie oh, for production yeah. purposes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but even uh, what you were saying earlier is like how much how much more real can you get? I mean, when you're talking about the um, just a relationship, I mean, the relationship between the dog and the person is real too. Everything yeah. that you're seeing, well, a lot of the things it, that it you're seeing, it feels very, very, very authentic. It does, you know. But um, but when she brings him the dog, and uh, you finally see some of her personality. And uh, earlier in the movie, uh, he's he's going there and, you know, he's pestering her, you know, over and over, going to her uh, pet shop, buying things. He uh, he buys two turtles early on before the movie starts, but he's going back and forth. Cuff and Link, I think, are the names. Cuff and Link, the name of the the turtles. So um, she comes over one time and she sees that he has these turtles and he's still taking care of them after Mm -hmm. all this time. So um, a couple of weeks later, she brings him a dog, and he was like, "Yeah, it's, it's your dog. Is it? You can have it. It's gonna be in your house." He was like, "Oh, I got a dog. So what? What, what does it eat?" He was like, uh, it, "It it eats little baby turtles." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> she said it, <laughs> and know? that's really about the time that you realize that they are comfortable with each other. Yeah, because yeah. uh, before that, you were kind of like, "Well, this started a little bit rapey." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this relationship is built on Rocky being a little too aggressive. He was very aggressive, yeah. Uh, but after that, you get the idea that they sort of been comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think was that was after that the moment where he he she's in Polly's house, mm-hmm. and he leaves the house, and she says, "No, that was after they were watching television." Mm-hmm. Uh, when she was like, "You're Rock, Joe Adrian, it's me, Rock," and he leaves the house. Okay, yeah. And yeah. he says, uh, "You know that stuff I said about the on the television not bothering me." Mm-hmm. She was like, "Yeah," and then he says, "It did," and he walks away. Yeah, that was the first. That was when the movie went like, "Oh fuck," <laughs> for me. The the my scene was um, what's the other uh, trainer's guy, uh, Mickey. Mickey. When uh, when Mickey came over, and then he was explaining that you know he's a seventy year old guy. His entire life, he's wanted his shot too. Yeah. You know, and uh, he he goes on this full diatribe and pulls out a picture of himself from when he was younger in his prom, and he explains what was done to his face, you know, through boxing and just matters of circumstances to why he never got to live out his dreams. Yeah. You know, but he just still has seventy years worth of experience, fifty years worth of experience in boxing, and he wants to pass all of this to Rocky, not because he cares about Rocky in the least, because he gave Rocky's locker away, you know, not even a week earlier. You yeah. Know? Because Rocky was afraid to take his shot, you know. Right, but interesting, interesting thing about that whole bit because you're gonna go into the whole speech that Rocky did after that. Yeah, which was mostly improvised, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, but before that, do you have a very real 
issue that happens to people that get success mm. um, instantly. Yeah. Which is that no one gives a shit about you. Before. And then you make it, and then two days later, you're getting phone calls where everybody fucking wanted to help you out. Yeah. And that's a very, very real thing that happens to, to most people when they make it. And uh, the movie explored it really well. And it, and by making Rocky sort of disassociate himself from that at mm. first. Yeah. Um, you really got a hold of what Rocky really was as a person. Yeah. And you could tell that he was a really simple guy and he was just under circumstances that were not so simple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally agree. You know, so they're, they, they're having that conversation that, uh, that 70 year old guy and he's just pouring out to him, just a plea, like, please just let me help you so I can feel like I accomplished something in this world right. by passing on the information that I have to make some, to help you achieve this world championship belt, you know, help right. you get that. So, um, so Rocky is like, help me do what? You weren't here to help me yesterday. You, you weren't here to help me when I needed my locker and you gave that away. Yeah. You know, it's like, where, where were you? It's like, I didn't need you yesterday. So why do I need you today? Right. You know? And, um, the real thing is like, if you want to, you want to help me, you want to move in, you know, what, what do you want to do? Help me not get my face bashed in. And then he really starts to show his insecurities with this right. fight, you know, because initially he thought he was just going to be a sparring partner of some kind. And yeah. when they offered him the fight, he was like, no, I don't want to fight Apollo Creed. Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm 30 years old. I don't want to take that fight. You know, so he is terrified inside, yeah. but he's been telling everyone else to take their shot, take a shot, take a shot. We can't, he was called out publicly. He can't turn it down now. Yeah. And, and, and I think that scene where he, where he got sort of curses out Mickey yeah. as he's leaving his apartment um which is a really intense scene really mm, yeah it's the first it's i think it's the first really really intense scene of the movie mm. uh when he goes like oh my apartment's stinking whatever you didn't want to help me now and he goes on this huge tangent yeah and then in the middle of the tangent he sort of realizes that he did want the help yeah and he grunts out of the house and catches up to mickey mm -hmm. and then just sort of embraces him yeah and and you can tell that he went from like being insulted by the fact that no one wanted to help him mm -hmm. uh and then mickey tell him if you wanted help you should have asked for help yeah and then he got insulted by that. And as he was going on this huge rent, trying to blame the problems on everyone else, he realized that his fault was his own. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I got to take my shot. And then he took Mickey's help. You know, it look, everything's like the revolving thing that, that I'm seeing is just people wanting to matter. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the old Mickey, he's 70 years old. He's, he's on his way out. He just wants to matter. Rocky, you know, he was like, you didn't care about me yesterday. And now you do. But like they came back together because it's like, okay, if you're going to care about me and see this through, I just want to matter. Even if it's to you. Yeah. I just want to matter. And then in the end, he just wanted to matter to Adrian. Yeah. He had that, and that's the only thing that mattered to him. The fight didn't matter. The $150,000 he's getting for the fight didn't matter. The $150,000 don't even come up after they're mentioned nope. in the movie. Mm -mm. It's like, oh, by the way, you're going to get $150,000. You, you have anything like, to hey, say? that's a shitload of money. <laughs> yeah. And then Rocky's just like, okay. Yeah. You, you have anything to say? Oh, oh yeah, I have one more thing to say. Hey, yo, Adrian. <laughs> it's, it's me, me Rock. Rock. <laughs> that's genuinely my favorite line in the movie yes because it's like it's not like he's on the radio he's on tv she can see your ugly mug right there we know <laughs> totally see him. uh but that's what made rocky so charming to me yes. the fact he wasn't socially mm -hmm. uh you know capable in, in its fullest degree mm -hmm. he was he was awkward and yeah. he was uh sort of not shy but you know not knowing what to say and when to say it yeah 
And Adrian's sort of the one that pushes him out of that. Yeah. And it's incredible. Even the scene when Rocky goes pick her up for a Thanksgiving dinner, which mm-hmm. Paulie as an asshole throws the turkey out of the Oh, window. you want you want to? Oh, Paulie, do you know he was he was playing a drunk? And yeah. um, why, you've probably seen this trivia too, mm-hmm. that they eventually had to go get an actual drunk stumbled onto the set. And they was like, hold on, you're not being a drunk right now. I'll show you how to be a drunk. <laughs> you know? So he trained from an actual drunk from that point on for the show. He imitated him after he was drunk the whole time. Yes. Which is a great fucking story. I, yeah. I love when drunk people wander into productions. Yeah. Uh, there was one actor from, uh, he's a black dude, I don't remember. I think he's... he's Morgan Freeman? Will Smith? Nah. Michael Jordan? Kobe Bryant? <laughs> That's all the ones we know That's for all the today. Ones we know. Sorry. Uh, no, he works with Don Cheadle. I, I think he, he's worked with Don Cheadle before. Might have been Don Cheadle. I don't it might have been just Don Cheadle. Yeah. Um, but he, he had to play a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. And he was in the middle of a set uh, the movie they were shooting he was out in New York yeah. and he was just kind of hanging out near a bus stop uh, getting a cup of coffee yeah. and he looked so fucked up that an actual heroin addict walked up to him and said here you go man you need this more than I do and nice. gave him a little baggie of heroin nice. and he calls that his street Oscar <laughs> that is yeah wow it's fucking insane that shows you like humanity though yeah like, no it does like heroin is like, like it's, heroin's a terrible drug you yeah. know I hope to never experience it but the thing is it, it, it alters you chemically yeah. you know so if you're addicted to this drug and you're laying out on the street as soon as you start to go into withdrawal like you're physically going to withdraw yeah. it's not like oh I would like to smoke a cigarette oh I would like you're, you're physically going through the withdrawal so if another heroin addict is willing to give you his heroin yeah which is the thing that he like lives for yes that is he wakes up in the morning go to sleep that's what he lives for He's willing to give up that heroin to this person that's physically going to be experiencing pain yep. for the next however long. You know, regardless if we're talking about illegal drugs or not, that's humanity. It is. It's you know? a weird brand of humanity, but it's humanity. <laughs> it is, nonetheless. Uh, and now that we say weird brand of humanity, mm-hmm. Rocky is that. Rocky is a weird sort of eclectic brand of humanity. Okay, explain. The whole movie. Yeah. Uh, you, get a, you, get a, you have an alcoholic brother yeah to a really shy sister mm-hmm. who is shy not because she's naturally shy but mm-hmm. because he she has an abusive brother yeah and that's probably beating her down over the years yeah uh, and he's the abusive brother is projecting onto the sister right you know she's she's gonna be 30 years old she's not married she's not gonna be shit you know and rocky's like i'm 30 years old myself yeah. <laughs> you know and it's just so much projection but yeah go ahead I'm sorry. And, and then and, and there's a lot of projection but even the brother itself is projecting his own sort of like no one ever loved me yeah uh, mentality just wanting sister. to matter and then Rocky comes in and kind of takes Adrian out of that. And mm-hmm. then Adrian gets some guts and he goes like, hey, fuck you, Polly. Mm-hmm. It's a whole dramatic scene over it. But all of, all of the movie's all about people learning from each other. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. So, I mean, Rocky learns from Mickey mm-hmm. and then Adrian learns from Rocky. Mm-hmm. And there's just a constant cycle of people learning how to be another person to each other. Yeah. In a city that's pretty drab and, and sort of, you know, gritty with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Rocky shows some compa- compassion when his job is to break a thumb at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and he doesn't break the thumb, and he, and he tries to explain it in the most adorable way. Hey, yo, I figure <laughs> if I, I break a thumb, then he can't work, you know. So I mean, I just go ahead and let him off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, how about you let me do the thinking, Rock? <laughs> so he's like, he's like going someone and scaring the shit out of someone, mm-hmm. so that he can pay this sort of. Um, Guys, so he's sort of street mob guy. Yeah. But he refuses to do any physical harm to people, mm. despite the fact that he can very simply do so. Yes. Uh, so you see sort of this weird sparks of humanity mm. across the movie. You see Mickey, who tr- tells Rocky that he's a waste of life. Mm. 
and then you know feeling bad for rocky and going back to help him mm-hmm. and then you see you see rocky sort of just being natural and authentic no matter what situation he's in yeah he's never changes his outlook he never changes his, his sort of position on what it's like to be a person yeah. like, don't bother me none yeah he's like such a simple simple guy yeah. that's as human as anybody in the movie can get and we see everyone projecting their issues in rocky mm-hmm. and rocky refusing to accept them yes and i think that's the most interesting part of the movie the sense of identity that you get from being suddenly cast into a spotlight that you weren't ready for mm-hmm. and then how you deal with that yeah and Polly calling the news on rocky rocky getting pissed at him yeah. everyone's trying to put some sort of ideal on rocky mm-hmm. and then rocky refuses to accept that ideal because for him all that matters is that he's happy with the person that he loves yeah. and that he finally took a shot mm-hmm. that's it and so i don't know it's just a weird it's just a little interesting character study for me yeah, the only person that didn't uh change at all was Polly, the alcoholic Right. You know, you can see him. The very last scene for him was um, when Rocky's walking out to the ring, and Paulie's right there. He's like, "Hey, Rock, let me borrow twenty dollars." <laughs> yeah. And Rocky's like, "Oh, well, I got, I got to fight." <laughs> you know, like it was a real question. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, but yeah. I fucking love how genuine Rocky is yeah. as a character. Yeah. And like the interesting, it's like Stallone. Uh, I don't know if he sucks with his lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was purposely. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Rocky has this very distinct stutter with his lines. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I, I was a Southpaw, you know, and, and, and you know, Southpaws do it wrong all the time. Yeah. from New Jersey. And you're like, Rocky, what the fuck are you saying? My, my but- favorite one was uh, <laughs> at the beginning where he's um he's trying to get Adrian for the first time and uh, she goes off to the room. He was like, oh, you know, just just be funny. You know, you know be like yourself, you'd be funny. He's knocking on the door. <laughs> hey, yo, Adrian, this is me, Rock. You know, uh, I I don't know what to say. I never talked to no door. You know, I don't know what to say to a door. You know, <laughs> but yes, he's it was it was so good. Yeah, and and like the the thing is that like a script dot authentic mm-hmm. coming out of someone because they were going through similar emotions mm-hmm. translates to a really real movie. Yeah, and that's what and that's what it was. Because there's plenty of underdog movies. There's, yeah, you know, plenty of them. I mean, the, Rocky is standing the test of time. Forty years later, right? You know, we, we I I never saw the movie before. I had mm. no idea Rocky was mm. even 1995, 2000. I had no idea. Yeah, I watched the movie for the first time two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Yes, it is. That not a lot of movies can do that. Yeah, <laughs> and Rocky did it perfectly. Yeah, um, but apart from like being super simply shot and and taking you to this progress of Rocky being, you know, a guy that never took a shot and taking us with him to all the interactions that he had Mm -hmm. and then deciding that, all right, well, now I'm taking my shot. Yeah. And doing that was a really fascinating... Oh, God, sorry, I'm burpy. (laughs) was a really fascinating thing to see in a script because we don't get a lot of that lately. No, we don't. Those movies just don't come out as often anymore. And it it sucks. Those are really, really fantastic movies. And uh, Rocky was incredibly successful, which means that it was doing something right. Mm -hmm. And this is also kind of like the first underdog movie that was like in the way that it was. It was. um, The biggest movie before that as far as making money was uh, the Jackie Robinson story. Right, which is the black baseball player, right? Yep. Yep. First black baseball player in baseball. Integrated baseball. So, I mean, it was a true story event. You know, so, I mean... This Sylvester, and that's also weird. It's like in Philadelphia, you have the actual Rocky statue in Philadelphia yep. based on a fictional character. Yep. You know, that is wild to and that, me. That, isn't, that is bananas. That's how much of a phenomenon he was. I mean, it's, not in a museum, it's not in a museum of art, but mm. it used to be right in the fucking 
Like in a public place where people can see it and there's a Versace Stallone's fucking face on a statue. That's literally taking your like taking your imagination and putting it into reality. Yeah. You know, that stuff like that is just beyond for it's me. It's insane. You know, to have an idea and then fifty years later for everyone to have to look at your idea <laughs> right? as they walk out of the house. You and know? and I just think that the perseverance that it took to mm. get to be Rocky as a Versace Stallone. Uh, he worked so hard to be Rocky in that mm. movie. Yeah, he didn't want to sell the script. He was hungry, and he had to sell his dog, mm. and he did not want to sell the script. Yeah, uh, unless he got to star in it. Yeah, and the the hard work and determination that that takes to do, mm -hmm. and then to present that same hard work and determination to a character oh, yeah. that doesn't exist that you created, takes even it, it's 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 uh how do you say it? it's a demonstration of talent. Mm. It's a demonstration of skill and hard work. Oh, yeah. And that's what the movie for me is about. At the end of things, it's about like, if you work hard enough with a little luck, you'll get to where you want to be. Hopefully so. And and even even if you don't succeed at it, mm. you took your shot. And now because you took that shot, opportunities are going to open up. I mean, you'll, you'll get to where you need to be is what the, uh, the resolution was for me. Because yeah. what he wanted wasn't the same thing as what he needed. That's right. You know, I mean, he wanted that that championship belt, you know, mm -hmm. but that's not what his path was. And by actually taking that shot, he actually found what he truly needed. Yeah. You know, and what we're saying is as far as his perseverance as a person, Sylvester Stallone, I mean, number one, when he was punching that meat, he was really punching the meat, you know, yeah. to where in real life his knuckles are that's flattened flat. out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that was really happening. To do that scene with the, the eggs, mm -hmm. cracking five eggs and then swallowing all five of them, you had to really do that. That is bananas. <laughs> you had to really do it. And, I mean, this guy was in shape, yeah. you know. He was in shape. So, I mean, at 30 years old, to look like that, he dedicated himself every single day to making sure that not only is he the writer that he could star in that movie. So, I mean... All kind of credit to him for that. I mean, yeah, and, and people take... I take Sylvester Stallone for granted, usually, because mm. it's usually in action movies yeah. that aren't particularly good. Yeah. But uh, I take him for granted as a talented, talented actor, as an Oscar-winning writer and mm. an Oscar-winning actor. Mm. He won two Oscars for Rocky. That was his first, like, big movie. Yeah. And Motherfucker won two Oscars for it. That is insane. He's nice, man. <laughs> it was a dope movie. Um, but I, I also wanted to bring up Apollo because we haven't talked about Apollo yet. Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed? Mm -hmm. Yep. Not a not a huge prevalent character in this movie, but mm -hmm. he's the reason why everything happens to Rocky. Yeah. He's the one that chooses Rocky, mm -hmm. and he's the one that sort of opens the doors of opportunity for Rocky, whether he meant to or not. <laughs> yeah. I got a good idea for a fight. <laughs> Me against the Italian Stallion. <laughs> like, what? The Italian <laughs> Stallion? <laughs> Where, where'd you come up with that name, Rock? Oh, I came up with that name when I was uh, eating dinner a couple years ago. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> He's such an honest fucking character. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, Paul Creed is the antithesis of Rocky, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, apart from literally being white versus black. Yeah. You know, apart from having that shit, I hit my mic. Apart from having that opposite, it was also Apollo Creed was a showman. Uh, oh was yeah. A, he he was thoroughly playing for theater mm -hmm. in the whole movie. Yeah. He was being like, "Oh, I'm the patriotic guy and the guy that's gonna beat Rocky and mm -hmm. like he's got as much of a chance as I do." The American Dream. Yeah. 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 He was playing that shit for show. Yep. And then you contrast that with how honest Rocky was on screen, mm -hmm. uh, even in that interview scene. Yeah. Uh, he got angry at someone for trying to push him off the stage while he was leaving the interview. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and Apollo tries to sort of subdue all of that mm. and play an image, which I think uh I'm not gonna say it's a metaphor for the American dream itself, but it's a metaphor for what 
um, people think the American dream is. Okay. And how and then Rocky came in and sort of took a shot at it, and re he he didn't beat it, but the fact is that he he tried to stand up against what the standard is, mm. right? And he somewhat succeeded. I mean, he lasted fifteen rounds with the bastard. He did. Uh, so I think that the whole Apollo create Apollo being literally the opposite of Rocky in terms of showmanship mm -hmm. uh, and in terms of uh, character uh, really helped solidify the fact that we think this guy's a dick. Apollo mm -hmm. is a dick or Rocky is the one that we're rooting for mm -hmm. because Rocky felt genuine while Apollo felt um, like a he felt like an actor, like a theater actor. I was uh, I looked at it as um one person was working hard and the other person was overlooking that person's hard work. Right. You know, they had the one scene where um he's sitting there and he's like calculating all of his business numbers and all his money and one of the guys working for him is actually watching Rocky train. Yeah. He was, Hey, uh hey champ, I think you need to go come over here and take a look at this. He was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. need to see that, you know. So I mean, it's just it, he could have been anyone, but the fact that this guy's working his ass off and you're just overlooking it, I want you to get your ass whooped. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's a really great sort of pacing in terms of character mm -hmm. on the screen. Um because all I mean, all Sylvester did was show us how hard Rocky was working mm -hmm. and what Rocky had been through. And he, Apollo may have gone through the same thing, but yeah. he didn't show us that. Yeah. So by not showing us that, we get that we want Apollo to fail and we want Rocky to win. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Just great character writing. And we, in Rocky 2 and 3, you get to, well, they do a rematch. And then uh, then Apollo Creed becomes his trainer. Right. So then you get to see all the training that they go, go through. But, yeah. And then and then they become buddies. And then in Creed, we get Apollo's son. Yeah, Apollo uh, Creed's Rocky son. Rocky trains Apollo's son. Yeah. That, the whole thing. Yep. See, I, I like this I like this movie as a friend. I haven't seen the other Rocky movies, but mm -hmm. I like the concept of all these movies as a franchise. Yeah. Because there's been seven movies, mm -hmm. but they've all been somewhat good. Yeah. Well, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I think there were like two that maybe weren't that great. I mean, it's just all um, interpretation because yeah. um, two and three are kind of campy and odd and <laughs> like the Top Gun stuff that was going on in the <laughs> 80s because it's just 80s. Like the Top Gun stuff that's happened in the 80s, it seems kind of in that vein and it's odd, but... I like cheesy, campy stuff, so... I like him, too. Anyway. I, I don't know. I, I, For me, personally, Rocky was an interesting character study. Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting way of um, sort of perceiving people, yeah. I think. Because everyone was really an exaggeration of something. Mm -hmm. And like, seeing them all interact in the same way, in the same plane, yeah. was, uh, was interesting for me. It was cool. Uh, I liked the way... Uh, Rocky never tries to be mean to anyone, despite the fact that he doesn't really like Polly that much. Mm -hmm. uh, they're friends, but Rocky doesn't really feel the friendship a lot. There's one scene when Rocky starts beating up the fucking lamps in the house. Mm. Uh, that the reason that happens because Rocky was selling Adrian, like, yo, I, uh, I don't know what he wants from me. Yeah, and and that kind of and that kind of stuff. Those little moments are sort of what make Rocky stand out for me. Nice. The the little character woman the little oh they eat turtles and the little rocky trying mm -hmm. to make the situation less awkward by reminding her yeah uh by showing her her him his turtles that he bought from her at the pet shop mm -hmm. and then turning that into like oh fuck you don't like the house you want to and then kissing her and then starting a relationship yeah all that kind of stuff it's, it's like the little awkward beats of the script the little awkward beats of uh rocky trying to figure out what to say or what not to say or what not to do and then yeah. just going with the rocky thing and doing it anyway uh, it's just kind of fascinating to me. It was a good movie. It I really, really was. enjoy it, and I recommend it if you haven't seen it. And I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, yeah, there's people like me that haven't seen it. Yeah, and and you should absolutely go see it. It's a really good classic piece of cinema. It is, I think. And also, I just want to point out two of my favorite <laughs> moments in the mm. in the in the film was when the poster 
he goes to check out the stadium mm-hmm. uh, the night before the fight because he can't sleep. Yeah. And the poster, he's wearing uh, red pants and white stripes. Yeah. But his pants are actually white, uh, pants, white red with stripes. red stripes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he shows up. And the reason why that scene happened was because the actual production team fucked up the poster. Mm-hmm. And and then Stallone went like, fuck, I got to write a thing so that it doesn't look like a fuck up. Yeah. And so he wrote that scene. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing happened with the robe. Yep. Because <laughs> uh, the robe came in the same day that they were shooting. It was like, it's too baggy. Yeah. And so like, all right, well, listen, I just mentioned that it's too baggy. And those two moments seem sort of really like small moments that doesn't matter. Mm. But they totally resonate to the character. It's the same thing that nobody cares about this guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Totally resonate with the character. Yeah. And if it weren't for those, those sort of these could not have been there and it would still have been an amazing movie. Yeah. But the fact that they were there and they didn't uh, sort of uh, throw them out as goofs yeah. and just added them to the movie mm-hmm. sort of goes into the whole spirit of the movie of just rolling with it. Yeah. You know, and Rocky just kind of like taking the punches yeah. and, instead of fighting back. It until gave, the very end. It gave some real authenticity. I liked it, it a was, lot. It was great. What, what is your favorite aspect of this movie? Uh, favorite aspect of Rocky. Uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I guess the, the number of different demographics that it can reach. Okay. You know, I mean, I can watch it by myself. I can watch it with my girlfriend. I can watch it with my daughter. You right. know, I mean, it's just so many different demographics that it hits, you know. Right. So, I mean, I like that a lot. I want to say that my favorite part about the movie um, was identity. Okay. How I dealt with identity. It was, it was a really good way to to do that. And yeah. I think it, it did that perfectly. And and just the fact that it was gorilla, kind of a little bit gorilla. Yeah. I mean, they didn't pay for, for they didn't pay for all the permits that they should have paid for when mm. they shot the movie. <laughs> yeah. They didn't uh they didn't have complicated filming equipment, just a Steadicam, which was relatively new at the time. Mm-hmm. And the director was kind of walking with Ro- with still I keep calling him Rocky. Yeah. With Stallone, and it was like, all right, jump, jump and run, jump and run. Yeah. And then the director just filming, just kind of those moments. It, it just felt like what the spirit of filmmaking should be for me in terms of like how it was made. It was really good. Yeah. It's an interesting movie, and I thoroughly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's it for Rocky. I mean, we pretty much said all that we can say. Yeah. We went a little over time, but I think we covered everything. Rocky. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh we're going to take a little break because I got to pee really badly. And then we're going to come back with the TV premieres. All righty. <laughs> Fucking Joe Adrian. It's me, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's also one more thing. There's also one shot in the movie when she's on a balcony and mm. he's leaving the house. Yeah. And the shot's kind of like looking from her point of view. And you see Rocky Tom turn around with his fucking dumb face. He just goes like, yo, Adrian. And then doesn't say anything. Just yeah, kind of yeah. walks away. Yeah. You're like, wait, what the fuck was that shit? Just to do it. <laughs> just to do just it. Just because. Anyway, uh, we'll be back. I got to pee. Have fun with the music. And we'll be back with the premieres. And we're back uh, to the television premieres and film premieres and whatever the hell else is happening. Yeah. Today. I'll- Uh, We'll start with uh, TV premieres per usual. Uh, First thing coming up on Thursday, April the 14th, Bones is coming back. Bones? Yeah. What's so fucking going on? They're on like 10 seasons, man. What the fuck? I totally totally couldn't say that word. I totally thought they ended up to like season nine. Yeah. Nah, they they keep coming back. I mean, but um, Emily Deschanel, super hot. Super hot. She wore a Wonder Woman costume on one of their uh, Halloween episodes. Really? I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> Every since. 
and um, one of the guys um, from uh, from one summer, Connor from One Summer Night, he was talking about the show New Girl. Yeah, that's the, her sister. That's Sally her sister. Chanel, yeah, which yeah. is also really really pretty. Yes, they're both gorgeous, and mm. I love them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm. Give me some of that soy de Chanel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so uh, Emily de Chanel and uh, the co-star, I can't David Bora. Uh, is that fuck? how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, I just call him Booth from that. Booth. There. Yeah, yeah. But he um, was a, he was a Angel and yep, Buffy. Yeah, that was a um, spinoff from Buffy. Did he hit his own show? Didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole Angel. He was show. Angel from Buffy, and then he was Angel. Angel. In Angel. Yeah. So that that show's still going on. If you want to check that out. I'm sure they're still doing the exact same episodes they were doing five years ago. So <laughs> I watched all the way from season one to season seven, right mm. after Booth and Brennan had a kid. Yeah. And then it got this weird sort of religious undertone for one season. Oh, wow. And I was like, I think I'm done. You think, you get, yeah. I think I'm done. Yeah. I, I mean, I got I, the show for me was the sexual tension between Booth and Brennan. I, ha- it. I haven't watched since the pregnancy. Really? I haven't seen anything since the pregnancy. Yeah. The sexual tension for me was gone. Mm. And so I was like, oh, well, this isn't fun anymore. You know what it's like? It's like uh, Dr. House and Cuddy. Right from uh, from house. <laughs> as soon as the sexual tension was kind of gone for a while, like they they went back and forth for like five or six seasons. Right. But as soon as he started hitting that, I'm like, ah, I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm good. All right. It was it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of like to see if they banged or not. Yeah. And the ones they banged, they're like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess we can move on. Um, the next show, uh, same day, April fourteenth, Thursday, is uh, Orphan Black. Orphan Black. I hear it's a really good one. A really I, good show. I think I guess it's coming up on season three. I caught season one. And uh, just to see what the premise was, because it's sci-fi, yeah. you know, but basically there's uh, one character, a female, and she has numbers of clones. And they all do different different stuff. Yeah. Every single one of them does different things. You know, they look alike. They're identical, mm-hmm. you know, but um, the the one, the person that thinks she's the original clone meets up with someone that looks exactly like her and then goes down the rabbit hole. Right. So, you know uh, what favorite thing about that show mm-hmm. is that I watched the first episode with a, at a party and a bunch of friends mm-hmm. and it just came on and Tali said, all right, fuck it, let's watch it. There were so many buds on screen yeah. in the first episode, like like so many buds. Like how many buds? It was it was like a lot of buds, like at like, least twenty buds the whole episode. In a one hour mm, long mm, show, mm, twenty bugs, twenty buds mm, per episode. Mm, it's pretty heavy, butt to to plot ratio. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm digging that. Yeah, and and like here you're they, talking they, about you're talking about men, right? Uh, I'm talking about all of them. I'm <laughs> 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 knocked down my mic. I didn't know. So we're talking about men and women. Yeah, there's there men and women butts um, everywhere. Her butt is like on screen like seven times. Wow. The gay guy's butt is on screen like seven more times. All right. There's three random butts every so often. Mm. I mean, there's just butts galore. I, I was mean, and I was into it. I would like to. So tune into Orphan Black if you want to see some some strange butt, you know, yep. some gay butt, some some straight butt, any kind of butt. They any got any kind it. of butt you want. They got it. They got it. Or All you right. could just go to Google. But oh, I ah ah ah. but not in North Carolina because they blocked that shit. <laughs> exactly. You can't see that in North Carolina. <laughs> Next April the fifteenth, that Friday, uh, coming back on Netflix is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I, I like that show. It's a good show. I. There's for some reason I can't I don't get it. Like, yeah, I, I I can't watch it, but I know it's a good show. It's yeah, like my my girlfriend loves that show. It's coming back for season two, and the thing is, like I like to know about everything, every TV show. Mm-hmm. So even if like she watches Brooklyn Nine Nine and this Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, those are the two shows that we don't agree on that are great. You know, I recognize that it's good, but I don't get it. Yeah. But I still have to watch it because I have to. Ha- I want to have all the information that, that she, she has. has. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like I I watch it out of spite. 
I don't even know how much I like this show. I, I think that the reason why that show doesn't hit us mm. with the right kind of humor is it's really broad sort of mm. stereotype-based humor. I mean, they they have a, a gay guy that's yeah. like uh, very flamboyant. They, they don't have singing. a gay guy. They have a gay guy. Oh yeah, yeah he's they gay. have like a very oh. gay guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he does a great job. He, <laughs> he does is. an amazing great job acting and singing. The performance is really good, mm. but the comedy just misses me a bit, and that's odd because I mean, it's by Tina Fey. Yeah, right. You know, and I, I didn't know that it was by Tina Fey. Yeah, she uh, she she put um, what's the girl Jane Krasinski or whatever? She was in uh, Thirty Rock. Right. She uh, shit. Anyway, but yeah, she's yeah. in it. Um, the girl Ellie Kemper from uh, The Office. Right. She was only on like two seasons of The Office, but she's a star, Kimmy Schmidt. So you can check that out. That's, yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good show. Yeah, April fifteenth, that Friday, Netflix. Uh, next show is going to be, and the last, is Sunday, April the 17th, Mike Tyson Mysteries. Mike Tyson Mysteries. Have you seen this? Nope. It is nonsense. <laughs> it's complete <laughs> nonsense, man. The fuck is, is, what the fuck is this show? It's it's a cartoon. So basically, like, I'm not even going to remember the, the episodes. because Yeah, Mike Tyson cartoon. I know what you're talking about. It was yeah. like, like a year ago. It was mm-hmm. on Facebook. Like, Mike Tyson's doing a new cartoon. Yeah. I thought that fell through. No. This show is here, and it's going to be here for a while. That's but fucking it's funny. So, it's so funny because it's just Mike Tyson making fun of himself. That's great. You know, so I mean, it's... Does it's, he have the lisp? He has the whole lisp. Is he, is he voicing Mike yes. Tyson? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson is voicing Mike Tyson. That's why it's so funny. That's fucking great. Yes. Oh, Mike. So that's um that's Sunday, April the 17th at uh, 11.45 on Adult Swim. He's the one guy that went from biting a motherfucker's ears off to mm. making fun of himself in national television and um, movies. Yeah, he had to. I mean, after you bite somebody's ear off and then put a full tribal tattoo on your face, yep. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to look back and laugh at yourself a little bit. Right, right. I don't think you can, you can continue with that lifestyle and not call yourself an idiot every so often yeah the right. uh, uh that's it for television going into movies the jungle book jungle book yeah uh, i'm not into the concept i'm not into it i've seen the jungle book already yeah. and it's directed by john favreau uh rotten tomatoes is giving it 92 percent fresh which is good yeah it's very very good i mean john favreau i loved him in swingers he directed iron man Iron Man is one of my favorite. It's my favorite superhero movie. Yeah. Fuck the Avengers. Iron Man's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's really, really good. I mean, John Favreau was behind that and lots of other stuff. He's worked with, um, what's the guy? Tall, white guy. Oh, you mean uh, the Any one person? tall, white guy in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Vince Vaughn. There we go. <laughs> Vince Vaughn. Thank you for that. Thank I'm you for that. Help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's worked with Vince Vaughn a lot, you know. But uh, but John Favreau, he's directing the Jungle Book. Is getting ninety two percent fresh from uh from Rotten Tomatoes. Might be good. I first saw the trailer and I wasn't too into it. Yeah, it just seemed like an unnecessary movie mm-hmm. for me. But if it's good, it's good. Exactly. You know. So we'll see how it does. Uh, the next movie, uh, Barbershop, the next cut. Right. Uh, can I can I say how I feel about this movie? Have you seen any of the Barbershop I've movies seen prior? Any, I've seen. I've seen one and two, I think. Okay. I've seen them. All right. Um, never because I've searched them out. I've just always kind of found them. Yeah. And they were funny movies. I you've, liked them. You've seen Barbershop? I've seen Barbershop, You haven't yeah. seen Friday, but you've seen Barbershop. I've seen Barbershop. What? I uh, fucking, I don't fucking okay. know. All right. There's the one we got back in Puerto Rico. All right. And I, <laughs> I Puerto Rico! For, God damn it. Ah! You thought I was going to forget. I was hoping you forgot. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Uh, but I saw I saw the first movies. I think I I, I remember the first one at least. Mm. And now that I see this movie, I'm just like, dude. <laughs> I mean, like I get it. Yeah. But it's such a weird concept now. Like it was a concept of its time, really. Mm. I mm. think 
And now they're bringing it back. They're putting Nicki Minaj on there, which she seems funny. Mm. She seems funny in the trailers. I mean, she's just replacing uh, Eve was a uh, the female rapper singer at the time. Right. You know, so Nicki Minaj is now that person. But if you ever wanted to know why Ice Cube is worth $140 million, it's because, well, not even that, this movie. I mean, movies in general. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube has its own production company. So, yeah. So all of the, all of those Friday movies, all of the uh, all of the barbershop movies, I mean, he's been in tens. I mean, so many movies. The NWA movies. Yeah. The, the NWA movies was from his production company. Um, shit. I mean, anyway, but yeah, he's done so many movies. But basically, what I was saying earlier, when uh, there's a movie coming out with black people, and then you go to say who's in it, yeah. and then by the second or third person, you don't say somebody recognizable and black, then they're already turned off. Yeah. He's just giving black people exactly what they want. Oh, right. who's in it? Every recognizable black person you've ever <laughs> seen in your life, ever. <laughs> That's isn't, who's in it. <laughs> uh, isn't Mike is Mike Epp in that movie? I don't think he's in that no, one. No, no, he recently had a movie that came yeah, out. Yeah, that, that didn't do very well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume it would have. No. Yeah, uh, just it's just it's a fun, it's a funny conceptual movie for me, and mm. I like the fact that Nicki Minaj is being funny now. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it that. I'll give it that. I'm good on Nicki Minaj. Yeah, uh, so, so do I. I mean, I'm, I might see the uh, I might see the barbershop movie on television, but I'm I'm. Good. Not gonna search it out. Yeah, I feel you. But it's uh, it's gotten a seventy-seven percent fresh. Not bad on Rotten Tomatoes. So I mean, apparently it's pretty good. But it's just, um, I'm gonna pass. Yeah, I uh, feel you. The How's last... it expensive to go to the fucking movies? It is. I mean, Bullshit. it's like a whole twelve to twenty-four dollar thing. Yep. You know, if I'm taking my girl with me, and I mean, I I, I gotta really believe in the director and the actor. Yeah, you know, for Let's me to it. go out there and do that. So. Uh, then the last one, like I said, every week I like to throw one in that uh, is not going to be in every theater in every city. Weird. The limited release. Uh, this one's called Green Room. Green it's, Room. It's getting an 82% fresh from Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Uh, in this crime thriller, thriller Green Room, a young punk band finds themselves in a secluded venue after stumbling upon a horrific act of violence, fighting for their lives against a gang of skinheads intent on eliminating all witnesses. <laughs> the leader of this skinhead group is Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yes. Like from Sir Star- Patrick Stewart? From Star Trek. Yes. Yes, he is the leader of these skinheads. <laughs> the fuck are you doing, Patrick? I mean, he already has the, I mean, fits the part with the head. Like, he doesn't have to go far, far for the skinhead. He doesn't have to work too hard to get the look. He doesn't. That is fucking hilarious. You know? But um, it, the, the reviews for it are really, really good. I, I just imagine that sort of meeting. Mm. It's like, hey, Sir Patrick, we got mm. this role for you. Yes, Check it out. Mm. You're, you're, it's a music band that yes. gets stuck in a horrific venue. Yes, yes. Trying to escape from you. Mm, mm. And uh, you're, you're a Nazi. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Can you, what, what, what was the part before the, the uh, what? I think that there's a band, there's a band <laughs> of kids that are trying to escape from you. Band of kids. Mm-hmm. But the reason they're trying to escape from you is because mm-hmm. you're the leader of, of a Nazi uh, gang. Uh, that That part. <laughs> <laughs> that part. <laughs> You say I'm a leader of a Nazi gang. <laughs> and then Sir Patrick Stewart went like, you know what? I'll fucking take it. I'll do it. <laughs> what? Just, what are you doing, Patrick? <laughs> you know, I, w- I was a little questionable all up until that leader of, of abandoning gang stuff. But then when you mentioned the Nazi skinhead talk. Like, I'm going. I'm going. I'm signed. I'm sold. I am I sold. I already got the fucking look. You don't have to put too much makeup. I got it. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ah, that sounds like a fun movie. Yeah. I, sh- I should search that one out. That yeah, sounds fun. I think so. Fucking Sir Patrick Stewart. God bless that man. Hell yeah. Are he and uh, fucking Sir Ian McKellen like dating? Because he, their name is Sir? No. Oh. 
<laughs> the <laughs> logic leaps that you go through. Yeah. <laughs> so no, so I, I just see I just see them hanging out a lot on mm. like the internet. Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't it just looks like they're dating. Maybe they are. And and I never like no one's ever mentioned it. Yeah, I ha- I've never heard anything about it on the internet. Yeah, and everyone that I ask is like, "The fuck are you talking about?" That's kind of like, cool they're though. Totally dating. I mean, that that is cool that we got to a point to where it's not a big deal that he's dating a guy. And yeah, no, you know, it's, it's fucking it's, fantastic. It's just but I just I just want someone to fucking acknowledge it mm-hmm. <laughs> for my sake. Yeah, because every time I see it, it's like they're totally dating. Like what and are you talking like, about? Nah, he's fine. They're <laughs> just friends. It's like, dude. <laughs> I mean, what? it's right there. Either way, I mean, maybe they are dating. Maybe they're friends. Either way, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm into it. Either way, I think yeah. it's a great couple. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want, I just want to not look like the crazy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> All right, so that was it for episode twelve. Yeah, thank you guys for watching. Yeah. And uh, fucking, I mean, it's, ins- it's I'm, I'm getting to the rhythm of having a podcast every Thursday. Hell yeah, I wasn't used to it. I think I'm getting getting used to it now. I yeah. look forward to it. Hell yeah. Uh, so check back on us on episode. 13, we're going to be talking with our friend Jonathan about Stanley Kubrick. Yes, that episode is going to be amazing. That's going to be a fun episode. It might be a little bit longer than most episodes, Mm -hmm. but that episode is going to be a lot of fun. We've been trying to plan this out for like three weeks now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So check us out. We're going to love to bring more guests in and see what we can learn from other people. Yeah. Uh, Cheers. Thanks for watching. And hey, 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 yo, hey, Adrian. Hey, yo. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. No more Rocky for the day. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Take a shot. Never took a shot. All right, catch you guys later.